this is Craig Nash. I'd like to welcome you to another It's a Grand Life. And we've got our guest from Joy Gage, Craig Fowler. And Craig, thank you so much for coming to It's a Grand Life. We're so glad to have you today. Thank you, Craig. Today, I thought we would talk about the distinction between dementia and Alzheimer's, because most of us in the lay community just kind of lump those all together. But before we do that, Craig Fowler, can you tell us a little bit about what is Joy Gage and how did you start this entity? So Joy Gage is a, 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 an organization that focuses on educating people <clears throat> about dementia and how to live well with dementia and specifically how to make lifestyle changes that can uh, help them live better and hopefully slow the progression uh, and, uh, and just become healthier uh, as they're living with dementia or, or cognitive impairment. Uh, my mother was diagnosed a number of years ago with early onset dementia. She passed away about six years ago. And, you know, after going through the journey with my mom, I realized that um, we did most everything wrong. <laughs> and I and I myself and a few others got together a couple of years ago and said, hey, we've all had similar experiences, Craig. Why don't we uh, why don't we try to change this so that people now have more access to information and can can make better choices? So that their their loved ones uh, themselves and their loved ones will will have an easier time than my mom did. Well, that that's uh, so commendable that you uh, uh, you didn't just waste your pain of losing your mom. You and your colleagues got together and have really put together a program that can help anybody. And uh, um, and the nice thing about the work that you've done, it's online. So if you're listening to this podcast and. Las Vegas or in Colorado or, or uh, Florida, anybody can get the same benefit from the joygage.com program. And uh, also like uh, the this wonderful program that we talked about last time, Craig Fowler, the DementiaActionAlliance.org, D-A-A-Now.org is a phenomenal website that you, you guys have recommended very highly. And we hope our listeners uh, take advantage of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as I think I mentioned the last time, uh, there's a wonderful uh, manual available called Pathways to Wellbeing on the daanow.org website. It's free, free of charge that really helps someone who's newly diagnosed um, uh, to, to find ways to live better daily and to make changes that hopefully will uh, make them live longer and happy and be happier. And it's, it's great for for both people who are living with dementia and for their care partners. Don't be afraid to get the diagnosis. Don't, don't isolate. Don't, don't, you know, uh, staying at home alone isn't going to help it. You know, that you, you need to get the proper diagnosis so that the, you can get the tools in hand to live life to the fullest, even with a, a, di a dementia diagnosis. But so is there anything that a person can do if they get dementia or specifically an Alzheimer diagnosis? Uh, other than um, uh, we recommended these websites and other things and, and anything else you want to add to that? I mean, to, but it's getting moving. It's not s sitting at home and, you know. You well, know. absolutely. And, and at Joy Gage, the, our philosophy is that there, are, and you can, if you go on the website, I, I won't go into too much detail, but there are six areas, lifestyle areas that we talk about, and we have an assessment someone can try that will um, uh, kind of help them understand of those six elements where where they can do, where they where they will probably have the most benefit. But one example we talked about last time was sleep. You know, sleep is incredibly important. Exercise is also, is also very important. You know, 
there are lots of scientific studies that have shown strong positive correlations between improved sleep and regular physical activity and mental function uh, and, and, and slowing cognitive decline. So we know that if you can be, you know, someone who's getting a good night's sleep is uh, outside moving. And another area of correlate, strong correlation between stronger mental function is uh, is being with other people, being in social settings regularly. So, um, so you know, our goal at Joygate is to let and in, have individuals make some life changes to instead of uh, doing what a lot of people like my mom did, which is stop going outside, stop being around other people, to do the opposite, because that's really what's the most protective for the brain and what will give you both uh, improved, likely better cognitive function and just a much higher quality of life. So the importance of community, we can't understate that, uh, overstate that enough. It's it's absolutely important. And uh, those uh, um, those six lifestyle changes, as, as we were saying off the air, that may perhaps they're not promoted um, enough because there's not a pharmaceutical component to them or or a, a, a direct uh, uh, cost benefit or anything like that. It's just common sense. You, you, you need to you need to be active you need some, uh, cognitive and physical activity you need you need to exercise right yeah, absolutely and there's other things as far as specific air elements of the diet that can be changed as well um, and there's there's you know changes you there's also uh, changes you can make to what you do in your leisure time uh, to strengthen your brain um, there you know, I would not encourage people to download brain games they see on their phone advertised for money. I, I don't think there's a lot of proof that those work. But learning to play an instrument or learning a new language or doing something that really is stimulating the brain, it has been shown by science to be protective uh, against cognitive decline. So those are the kinds of things that we encourage people to to consider doing when they have uh, free time available. So if you even if you have a a, a, a new uh, dementia diagnosis, but you always want to learn Spanish, you would say go for it. Absolutely, um, you know I think we're in a, in a world now where there's an infinite ability for us to do really interesting things that make that that really truly challenge our brains and make our brains develop and grow. I mean the brain can heal itself. A, a lot of people don't realize that. And the brain, you know, the brain is the is, is, the brain's incredible organ. We're learning more about every day, um, but we also have a lot of entertainment that I think is not is just pacifies us in the moment. And so I think when, you know, I would say instead of watching the same reruns uh, of a sitcom that you've seen over and over again, uh, if you if you believe you have co you know early stage cognitive impairment or early stage dementia, I would encourage people to instead try to replace that with something that you truly enjoy that really makes you that really challenges your brain and helps it keep developing. Now, I have a 80-year-old uh, brother-in-law who every day does a crossword puzzle mm -hmm. and and maybe does two or three of them a day. I don't, but crosswords are not my thing. I mean, I, um, so I am, uh, uh, I'm trying to memorize scripture. That's always been something that I've, I've liked to do. And, uh, um, but something that challenges your mind, you, one of the things you talk about is keeping your brain working. Yes. And and uh, so crossword puzzles is a good example. What what else could folks do to keep, keep things stimulated? Uh, there are lots of so so I always so we like to encourage people to try to take part in activities involved more than one person. So if it's something online, if you can 
be in a forum or something where you're connecting with other people or playing a game where there's other people, that often often can be great, but it can, can, can kill two birds with one stone. You're being social, you're lighting up all those areas of your brain that um, that light that that light up when you're communicating with the other person, looking them in the eyes. If it's a Zoom session, uh, thinking about how they're going to react. So if you're able to do something that's a game or some kind of an activity, either in person or even online with other people, that's really great. You know, that's wonderful. So I think, uh, you know, if you want to play cards with other people, join a poker group. That's uh, go bowling. Whatever it is that you can do, something that uh, that that combines you know, mental, maybe a little bit of physical activity along with socialization is, is I think that probably the best use of time. So, so it's, it's good to be with other folks. That's the bottom line. You know, you've, uh, um, you've, you've got to be in community. If you're, if you're part of a faith group, get in a small group. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's great to be in a, in a large worship setting, but you know, you're really not sharing what's going on in your, your own world. It's better if you're with your small group of folks or join a bowling league or, and that can have tremendous physical and cognitive benefits. One of the things you talked about, Craig Fowler, that I thought was really interesting is the, 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 the devices now that can track your sleep uh, on a daily basis. And many of them are worn on our wrist. And yeah, yes. And, and maybe you want to talk about that for a minute. Yes, I, I actually we we encourage everyone to use a device, whether it's an Apple Watch. I currently have a Fitbit Charge Five, um, which is which has really good sleep tracking. There's a number of other devices. Most of them aren't super expensive. Uh, that will do that will track uh, both a number of factors of your health. First, tracking sleep. Uh, a number of the devices do a great job of. Uh, tracking your sleep or REM sleep. Like I track every night my REM sleep, my um, deep sleep as I, you know, unfortunately in my neighborhood, we just had a storm come through and we've had no power for two straight days. So I've had two nights in a row in the sweltering heat um, with my neighbor's generator <laughs> uh, outside the window going, uh, going really loud and my sleep's been horrible. And I can really right. feel it this morning before I, before Joy Gage and before we started looking at these six factors, I never paid a lot of attention to sleep. And I can tell you, I feel so much better as a, since I've been tracking my sleep every day. And the sleep trackers allow you to experiment and find what works well and what doesn't work well. Right. Um, there's, uh, un unfortunately, if you look at um, most sleeping pills, they actually don't help you get deep sleep or help you get REM sleep. They're actually uh, not very good for your for, for your for you, for the type of sleep that actually helps your brain. So um, wow. many people have spent years doing the wrong thing for sleep. Also alcohol, I found that, you know, I, I grew up in the, the time where having a scotch before bed was what everyone did. Right. Drinking alcohol right before going to sleep actually hurts your REM sleep. It's actually bad for your sleep, <clears throat> um, which I never knew any of this, but since a lot in the last few years of being able to experiment with and try different things out, I've been able to find a routine that helps me get, uh, with the exception of a power outage, um, right. uh, helps me get, uh, you know, really good sleep every night. And that's, I, not only will it hopefully protect my brain, but it makes me feel a lot better during the day. And, so, but getting a good night's sleep is so important. So you, you, 
I've even read that you need to turn off devices like an hour before you go to bed and you need to create a very dark setting so that the light that comes in doesn't interrupt it and what have you. And, and, uh, but everything you've talked about today, Craig Fowler, is that there's not a high expense attached to it. This is something that we all could do, you know, uh, get the physical activity going, get, get, start exercising, get good sleep, be social and, and uh, keep your brain working and get a healthy diet. Those, uh, those uh, uh, six things are just so vital and uh, you're not buying pills or anything else like that. And I didn't know that a lot of the, you know, over the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the sleep medications don't really help you get good sleep, but uh, uh, the pharmacy industry has got us convinced that we all need those perhaps, but um, yeah. And, 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 you know, the, another thing, when you talk about memory, uh, the last time I looked in CVS at uh, a section that had memory pills, there was a pretty wide section just filled with memory supplements that, and again, I'm not going to, to say none of them work, but when I've, the experts that, since I've been working with Joy Gage and the Dementia Action Alliance, the experts I've talked with, uh, don't take them themselves. They're not a big, big fans. They, and there's not a lot of scientific, uh, much scientific proof behind the claims of a lot of the different you know, pills that are supposed to affect your memory. But many people will spend 50 bucks a month on those pills. But to your point, Craig, the other things we're talking about are not very expensive. You know, no. to buy a, a Fitbit watch, I think $100 can get a pretty nice one. Uh, so, so there's a lot of things that are either low cost or basically free that will, that are scientifically proven by many studies to have a positive impact on your brain. Um, and, and one thing I would also encourage people to, to look at and think about, there's a term called brain health. And if you think about dementia, Alzheimer's disease, cognitive impairment kind of as one side, well, brain health is the underlying concept of keeping your brain healthy and protecting it against cognitive decline. And so increasingly what we're hearing um, experts use is the term brain health versus, so instead of talking about a problem that we have, let's just talk about the underlying health of our brain. If we keep our brain healthy, the problems will either stay away or not get worse. That's absolutely fantastic. It's and speaking of which, could you define for our audience the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's? Yes. So Alzheimer's disease is a term that's widely used and sometimes used as a blanket. Unfortunately, it's a blanket term for dementia. But dementia is really the blanket term. It covers a number of different types of uh, impairment of the brain. And there are a number of, you know, we could, we could have a whole session or two on the, <laughs> there's some of the differences, but there's dementia with bluey bodies, there's frontotemporal dementia, there's vascular dementia. Uh, Alzheimer's disease is one form of dementia. And it's typically the one that you think about with, it mainly hits older individuals and affects their brain in kind of the classic way where you see memory deteriorating, sometimes language and other problems. And that's, that's sort of a, um, it's, it's, I will call it, I want to call it classic, but it's one that people tend to think about when they think of dementia. And it's one of the more prevalent forms of dementia. Um, and so, uh, unfortunately that's, that's why I think sometimes people group everything together, but some of the other types of dementia are very, are radically different. And the other types will often, uh, affect people at who are younger and, uh, you know, sometimes people even into their twenties and thirties, 
Um, and so, so often, um, unfortunately, we forget that, that you don't, it's not, um, to have uh, dementia, you don't need to be uh, a senior citizen. You can be someone who's, you know, who's, uh, who's a mother with small children. Right. And you don't think of that, uh, that, uh, uh, that younger person as a, a candidate for dementia. But uh, the other thing that you have done at Joy Gage is you put together this online brain assessment. Do you recommend that for our audience to go online at joygage.com and take this assessment and get a feel for where they're at? Yeah, they're, yeah. and um, at Joygage, what we have is a really a brain health assessment where we focus on those six factors. So that's actually, a, I, I encourage anyone to do that. And we love to to communicate back with people to give them some hints. You know, our, my philosophy and our philosophy is that most people can't change six things all at the same time. Uh, they can change a couple. So with that assessment, we try to, Kind of ask some questions to understand okay, if, if, if you want to change a few things right now is it sleep that's the biggest thing you should change is it your diet is it socialization so we really try to understand from individuals hey where on the elements that really affect your brain health right. which are the ones where you really uh, could be could be getting the most benefit from making a change today um and again it's easy to say change six things at once but most people can change one or two things at a time Exactly. If, if they're just normal folks like most yeah. of us. Yeah. So, so uh, Craig Fowler, are you optimistic regarding the future for dementia patients? I am absolutely optimistic, Craig. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of there, there's so much that we're learning about the brain. And while I you know brought up that my mom, which was, you know, let's see, going back now, I guess it was going on almost 20 years ago when she started having symptoms. We just know a lot more than we do now. And you know, there's new drugs that uh, they're in the press that came out that uh, are getting better. And we, for years, there were no drugs uh, right. that were working very well. And now we have some that the, the evidence is promising. That's just starting. And, um, but once, you know, I, I think that's a very big positive. And, you know, it's, again, there's so many studies that are coming out every year about, about different lifestyle factors, sleep, other areas that I believe we're hitting a point with brain health where individuals like myself who have a family history of dementia, when they're at a younger age, can start making changes and adjustments and reduce their risk factors considerably. And if they are, and also, you know, seek a diagnosis as soon as they see some kind of an issue and start taking you know, more actions. So I, I long, that's a long way of me saying, I think this is a wonderful time of hope for families that have been touched by dementia and for people who have uh, dementia and cognitive impairment. And I would just say to um, everyone in your audience, if you have concern about uh, dementia because it's in your family, someone you think maybe, maybe has uh, symptoms, go for it, hit it head on and at, go for a diagnosis, see what you can do about it, <clears throat> um, because there are things you can do, but a lot of them really work well if you can uh, take some, if you start making the interventions when someone is at an early stage. They don't work as well when someone has already, you know, got damage to the brain and is already right. really starting downhill really fast. That's absolutely great stuff. Uh, our guest today on It's a Grand Life is Craig Fowler, the founder and president of Joy Gage. And he has focused, uh, he has had a, a, a burden to help 
uh, Alzheimer's and dementia uh, patients, uh, get some early intervention to encourage them with some very practical steps that you can take to find out where are you right now, maybe invest $100 and get a sleep tracker from Fitbit and and uh, but you don't have to reinvent the entire wheel, but you do have to start engaging with some friends to to uh, uh, improve your your socialization. But uh, Craig Fowler, before we let you go, I want to ask you, what is the one thing you want to make sure our audience knows uh, about Joy Gage and dementia before we wrap up our podcast today? So I, I would say the one thing I would like everyone to know is that uh, taking action and being bold are the ways to live a great life ignoring you know looking back my mom had had some early symptoms for a number of years she was still working and still and but we were scared she was scared so no one talked about it uh, no one she ended up retiring early because of having cognitive difficulties and we still as a family didn't talk about it so i would say um, i would push everyone talk be bold don't be scared and hit the if you can attack the issue head on you're much much more likely to be able to have a great life and to take the steps to make things better but in a world of stigma and in a world in a world where we've historically had stigma and fear uh, most people have done the opposite so be bold and take action be bold and take action and we're going to leave you with that and our guest today has been Craig Fowler, the founder and president of Joy Gage. And you can find out more about this outstanding website and the tools they have for uh, potential dementia patients at, at uh, uh, joygage.com. You can reach out to Craig at wecare at joygage.com. And also do not forget the dementiaactionalliance.org, D-A-A-Now.org. But if you are raising a grandparent, you want to be all over this, excuse me, a grand a grandchild, you want to be all over this uh, dementia issue so you know where you are and, and put the tools in place so you can have your best future ahead of you. Thank you so much for joining us, Craig, on It's a Grand Life. Look forward to having you on again. If there's any changes in, the, in your world at the Joy Gage, love to have you come and share with us again. Thank you so much. Thank you, Craig. It's been great being here. Thank you all. Have a great week and we look forward to seeing you next week on It's a Grand Life. Thank you for joining us for another It's a Grand Life. Remember to never waste your pain. God can use your situation to bless others even halfway around the world. Be sure and subscribe to It's a Grand Life on our Facebook page as well as YouTube and any of the various podcast channels that feature the Grand Life podcast. When it comes to raising a grand family, remember the words of the Apostle Paul who said in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. In leading your grand family, it's gonna take faith, hope, and a whole lot of love. Please reach out to me. I can be a blessing to you and pray for you or help you connect to free resources that can make your journey a little easier. 